Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Films with Ferrara podcast. I'm your host and the editor-in-chief of filmswithferrara.wordpress.com, Dominic Ferrara. And joining me, as always, my co-host and the senior editor of Films with Ferrara, it's TJ Blankenship. You know, I need to come up with a better intro than hello. Yeah, it's much better than normal. But you know what? It, it, it does it work. Have we finally figured so out the can. intro? I don't. I, I guess. I guess. Seven <laughs> months later, we finally figured out the intro. Yeah. Just like how uh, we're gonna make the announcement off the bat. Just like you figured out a new Twitter feed. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Which I just realized I today, locked. despite the fact that you had retweeted me, that uh, that, that was a different <laughs> handle. I was because I, I thought it was just your yeah. old one, and then I saw like it was like, oh, you yeah. should follow at real TJ Blank, and I was like, huh? yeah, I. I got a new one because my my other one got locked for some reason because because I got in an argument with someone from WVU. Great, Ooh. so they reported you. Great stuff. Yep. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. People are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so let's start. I don't want to start with San Diego because I just remember this story that you retweeted that uh, made me want to absolutely laugh. I just want to laugh for a second here as we get started. Um. With- Tom Hooper got a lot of stuff on Tom Twitter today. Tom Hooper's cats. Let's start with Tom <laughs> Hooper's cats. Um, the adaptation of a Broadway uh, musical that has no plot uh, and is, I but it has, has dancing, dancing cats. cats. Um, <laughs> by the way, the Broadway community does not really like this musical. It's something I've discovered over the last week. Uh, d- does anyone legitimately like this? I musical? don't think anyone likes cats. The musical, that is. Yeah, I don't um, either. But the cast for this makes it even more hysterical. I, I respect the hell out of the, the Jennifer Hudson and Ian McKellen castings. Right? Because I... I mean, yeah, because they're great Jennifer actors. Hudson gets to sing Memory, which might make this movie yeah. worth it by itself. Because that's the big number that everyone knows. And her singing it, I, I just 100% trust. I don't think anyone actually yeah, exactly. likes James Corden. No, and then we get to the big one. Right, we're really, we're really banking on Taylor Swift here, aren't we? <laughs> no. Let, let's let. How about we don't? But here we are. By the way, are you hearing too much background noise on my end? Because I have a fan on in the room. Okay. No, it's fine. Just want to make sure that's all good. Um. Yeah, Taylor Swift was going to do Tom Hooper's Les Mis, and then she didn't. And Amanda Seyfried got that role, which is probably for the better. We really think about it. Um, but I just, I don't like the way Tom Hooper shoots movies. The way he shot Les Mis, along with Russell Crowe, I think brings that movie down. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all those close-ups. It's so poorly shot. Like, that could have been done so much better. Yeah, he exactly. thought he was creating this intimate feel, and that's not at all what that created. No. In any way, shape, or form. So, yeah. It was, it was the wrong kind of intimacy. Yeah, correct. Um, so, so, so Tom <laughs> Hooper's Cats is going to stink. I'm, I, I'm, that's my judgment. I think this movie's going to be awful, and I can't wait for it at the same time. Because I want to laugh at it so badly. Oh, All right, let's too. get to the real, the real topics we have here. All right, San Diego Comic-Con was this past weekend. We'll get to the, the biggest news of Comic-Con after this, but we're going to do trailers first because there were five major trailers, and I know I didn't say this in the rundown, 
so that's my fault. But I want we're gonna rank the five. We're each gonna get. Oh man. Okay. All right. My number five was Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them out of the five that came out this week. Yeah, I don't even really remember yeah, that one. I, I could care less. Um, Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. I, I'll I, I'll certainly see it, being a Harry Potter fan. But wow, this is. I, I talk about a trailer that drummed up no enthusiasm for me in any way, shape, or form. I, I feel the exact same way about that movie as I did like two years ago, right. which is, which is. Another Harry Potter movie. Okay, I'll see it, but. What are we doing here? What's the point? I'm glad we... Is that also your number five? All right. Yeah. All right. So why don't you do your number four then? Uh, I'll go with Aquaman. Aquaman. As my number four. I I think I put that a lot higher. So my number four, because I know it'll be higher for you, um, as much as I'm looking forward to the movie, is Glass. Yeah, that was okay. my number three. So we'll just talk about that because my Aquaman's my number three. Our top two are the same in some order then. Um, so let's start with Aquaman then. Uh, I didn't... It looks decent, right. but I, st- I still don't know what to think. I didn't think the humor in the trailer came off the way they wanted it to, which is not great. Which, that's how right. it always is with the DC right. movie nowadays. But visually... So. I I will say visually it looks amazing and I'll tell you what that Black Manta costume it, yeah. it's amazing it's really 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 good um I f- like I know we always talk about with like Zack Snyder you know how great visually he is I feel like James Wan has one upped him in terms of the DC visuals here like in a big way I, I think so like too. it looked like Avatar in some ways it looked beautiful. Like the James Cameron Avatar or the Avatar? The James the Cameron show? Avatar, if you get what I'm talking about. Okay, just yeah. me. Um, <laughs> it looked beautiful. The, the colors, it was bright. It was so different from what, than what we're used to from a DC movie. Um, yeah. It, it, it looks like a welcome change, and there's an even more welcome change we'll talk about in a minute, I guess. But, because there was a DC trailer that actually had humor that worked for once. Yeah, that one's my number that's, one. That's well, your I'm number one? Now. Okay, it's my number two. So our yeah. number, your number two is going to be my number one. Yeah. All right, so then let's talk about Glass. Yay. I'm really excited I'm for this so movie. And, and, and I like I the have, trailer. I, I, have, I have, I've waited 15 years for, a, for an Unbreakable sequel. I just feel like I wanted a little bit more on how they're going to bring all of this together in a way. Like... I've, I I want so too. I want uh, I want that as well. Um, like how they're all now in the same place because when we left off at the end of Split, right? Because Bruce like, Willis is just out in the world. I wanted to know like, why is Bruce Willis here? I have no I understanding yeah, of why. Like he's I, here. I have no idea what this movie is about other than hey, the villains are teaming up. Bruce wow. Willis has to stop. Bruce, Willi- wow. Bruce Willis needs to save the day. Wow. Die hard all but over. I'm still it. and wow. look. Yeah, but I'm still. Looking forward I, to this I movie am too. very I'm much. I'm glad so. to have uh, the Sham Hammer back. Shyamalama Ding Dong. Yeah. No, Shyamalama Ding Dong right. is when he pulls out the right. stinker. The Sham Hammer. That I, is I Avatar, the last band. The is. last airbender. Right. Um, but the Sham Ham is when he does correct. the good stuff. Um, yeah. It looks good. And don't, don't get me wrong, the fact that it's my number four, it's, it's a very large step up from. 
yeah, from Fantastic Beasts. And I put it kind of right there with Aquaman. But I, I was just more blown away by what I got from Aquaman. Just because I, it was so welcome to me from DC. Yeah, that's why I had it above Aquaman's because I I just I know I want I want this right. more. <laughs> it's almost as if DC, if you give a big movie to a talented director, it will actually work out. Who wow. would have thought? I mean, it's it's only the guy that's single handedly with one other person created the Saw franchise, and then also single handedly created the Conjuring, uh, which is one con- of Warner Brothers' con- biggest cash cows and- right now. Uh, what's the other one? Insidious. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He created three of the biggest like horror movie genres ever. Yeah, I'd say giving movies now, to James and, Wan is is a good idea. Yeah, like he's a very talented guy, and I'm excited to see what he does with it. Because I'll be honest, I don't care for Aquaman that much. But, uh, right. And then they showed extended footage after the trailer, me. and apparently by the end, Momoa is in the classic Aquaman suit. I don't know how that's going to go over, but we're going to find out. I hope I, I do. It's like the newer classic one that they introduced. I think they're talking a little really bit awesome. about like maybe like the orange one, just a little bit, but... Yeah, yeah, the, the mermaid bright orange one with like the awesome like hands. It. Yeah, that <laughs> is the mermaid hands. <laughs> I never thought of that. I just uh, realized amazing. about thirty seconds ago that that's what that suit was based on. So I'm glad I figured that out. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. <laughs> I guess I guess Barnacle Boy is kind of like Black Manta in a way. I was today years old when I figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do our two and one. My two's your one. So let's talk about Shazam. Which is my two, your number one. Yeah. yeah I, I dug uh, this a lot. Zachary Levi for the win. Yeah. I dug this a lot more than I thought I would. I, I did too. Uh, yeah. Like, it's perfect. I mean, Shazam is literally like a 10 year old kid that gets the powers of a superhero. And thank goodness Zachary Levi acts like a 10 year old kid that now has superpowers. Right. Zachary Levi clearly has that energy and he can play that sort of role it's clearly it's like if tom hanks and big were a superhero instead of just a normal adult yeah that's, that's exactly the vibe right yeah and clearly that's what they were going for like that was the vibe that i i got um like watching zachary levi do the floss was not something i expected to see in that trailer but it was funny like i didn't because I didn't expect it, it was so out of left field. I was like, oh, that's fun. Yes, outdated me that I did at the NCAA tournament. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's not a... On- Sadly, it's not an outdated me. You go anywhere. I still... I, like, anywhere the kids are involved. But I'm working with a summer program with middle schoolers right now. They are flossing everywhere. It's not good. I mean... Yeah, I'm outdated was a bad word to the, use, uh, but I mean the dance, the floss. By the way, for those listening, for, make sure you floss every day, but not the dance floss <laughs> every day. But yeah, you get the, you get what I'm going for. Um, <laughs> the, the use of Kendrick oh, Lamar was also not expected, but also welcome. The way they used it was fun. The way they yeah. used humble and and the scene at the end with um, with Zachary Levi carrying out the six pack was hilarious and then instead yes. of beer he's like ha right he goes like ha 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 I'm bulletproof 
you're dead now. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. That you're dead now. I hope, if the, I hope there's an end credit scene for it, though, because obviously there's going to be an oh, end credit scene. It's going to set up the sequel. But I hope that the end credit scene is The Rock as Black Adam. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, this would be... This movie looks like a ton of fun, and I was not expecting that, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks really nice. My number one, your number two, the trailer that easily blew me away the most this weekend, and if you follow me on Twitter, you know it was the one that blew me away, was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, yes. boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this... It was pretty... This movie looks unbelievable. That shot... The, that shot of Mothra, take my money right now. Eject the movie directly into my veins. Like, that was it. That shot of Mothra. Bah. Mothra? You mean, you mean Insectosaurus? Get it right, Dominic. What? <laughs> this is another Monsters versus Aliens. <laughs> it's the giant caterpillar yes. Insectosaurus. The, the shot where Mothra, though, he spreads his wings behind the waterfall is maybe the most beautiful shot I've seen in anything all year. Incredible. Yeah, that was a great the, shot. The, as, and the use of Debussy's Claire de Lune, the arrangement they came up with for this. Oh, yes. Again. Like, that song always gets me in the feels, but that's one of the most perfect uses for the what I've ever heard. And also, but you also get a hint of, of like, character beats in this, in this trailer. Like, the scene where Millie Bobby Brown yeah, yeah. tells her, her mother, played by... Vera Farmiga, you're a monster for letting all these creatures loose. Like, that's like, clearly that's hitting, there's like something that's going to be addressed there. Um, Yeah. And and again, the monsters look incredible. I I just thought in terms of what we got story-wise, the visuals, like the shot of Godzilla breathing the atomic fire into the sky as well was unbelievable. Um, the yeah, way these really Godzilla awesome. movies shoot these creatures, um, they film them. Uh, and Gareth Edwards introduced this in, in the first one. They shoot them with such awe. Like, they know these are these giant creatures that should be, should wow audiences and should wow even the filmmaker making the film. And it shows that they understand how to do this. Yeah. Um, it looks unbelievable. I was not expecting that to be the trailer I walked away from this weekend incredibly excited about. But, yeah, it just looks amazing. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I hope comes out of this movie is more creature time instead of human time. Yeah. Because uh, that was my one issue with the, what was it, 2016 yes. Godzilla? 2015? This one seems like, like it's going to take place over a shorter span. And also, it seems yeah. like we're going to get a lot more monster action. Because I know that was the big complaint about the first one, right? Was that Godzilla didn't show up to the last, like, 40 minutes. But here, we're just seeing monsters everywhere. Everywhere. Mm. The budget on this movie must be astronomical. I wonder if it's already reported. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. I will also look it up. I doubt it is. That it wouldn't be reported. I Not doubt it be reported this far out. Let's see. Um, but for anyone curious, uh, curious, it comes out May 31st, yes, 2019. May 31st, 2019. It looks incredible. That's all I'm going to say. It, it looks amazing. 
say the budget, so I will just say the budget is big. Is there an, is there an actual number? I, I don't see it. It's but I'm just saying it's probably it's yeah. Really I'm not big. seeing a number sure. there too, but yeah, I'm guessing two hundred million plus. The yeah. First one cost, and well, in this the two the 2014, which made over 500 million worldwide. That cost 160. Wow, th- this might actually be pushing 250. Budget, budget this, wise, this is probably like 250 or 300. Yeah. Because you have to think, it's not just Godzilla; it's also Mothra. It's also Ghidorah, King Ghidorah, um, and uh, Rodan. I saw yeah. Gamera in there too. Yeah, Gamera was in there. So, yeah, this looks amazing. There's no other way around it, really. Yeah. All right. So, there's your trailer rankings for the week. But the big story of Comic-Con, and one that has a whole slew of issues that can be talked about separately, James Gunn has been fired off of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The old tweets have done it again, kids. Um, and not in the way they should, I, I, in my opinion. I feel like this is a big mistake by Disney. This is not, um, obviously old tweets came for Brewers reliever Josh Hader last week. And uh, those were actually bad. Those were racist and sexist and bigoted tweets. These were, uh, but I think James Gunn got the short end of the stick though. I don't think they were as bad as everybody said, because that was literally like his sense of humor back then. Have you seen the movie Super? There, there yeah. you go. That's James I've Gunn. Listened, I listened to a <laughs> podcast today, and I was not expecting to get this insight from a basketball podcast, but here we are. Um, oh, boy. They were talking about – it's a basketball podcast basically in name only because they'll talk about literally anything. But they were <laughs> talking about Comic-Con and James Gunn, and they were basically like, yeah, these are jokes that would draw laughs and, and gasps at a comedy club, but in writing don't work the same way. And I got it immediately. Yeah. That that's yeah. exactly what this is. Um, yeah. This is not like what happened with Roseanne, which I think is the reason why Disney fired him. I don't think they wanted the right to be able to go, or the political right who went after James Gunn, to be like, oh, they did this. They fired Roseanne because of this, but not this guy on a much yeah. bigger property. Um, um, at the same time, I just, I just thought it was wild. His mistake before, before Disney even signed with him. Right, he apologized. In he re- he realized that. Guardian, yeah, no, not even 2012. It was like 2010 right. or 2011. But he, he apologized signed. again in 2012, two years yeah. before Guardians of the Galaxy even came out. And it's not like Disney wouldn't have known what he had worked on previously, because obviously they knew what he had worked on. Right. You know, but someone but, super. Right, but someone brings them back up, and suddenly it's an issue. It's yeah. this is actually terrible, I think, because these I think these so tweets too. are in no way bigoted. Like, they're are they bad, sick jokes? It's it's horrible dark humor, which right. I'm, I'm personally a fan of. I am a cup of tea, but at the same time, uh, I don't think it's as big of a deal as everybody is trying to make it out to be. Yeah, um, I, I thought the the comedy club thing made sense I, so shout out to, to coley from mixtape i never expected you to have that uh that insight but yeah that worked that made that made it all click for me um but in another question who would you like to see take it because i know i have a name in mind to, to uh, exactly I, that's who i want 
I think he's. Yeah. I, I can't I mean, think of anyone else that can get to that style. Because he showed he could do it. Already. Especially since. Yeah, like he already showed that he could do the cosmic humor of, you know, Thor. And that's obviously really similar to Guardians of the Galaxy since those were the ones that were paired together. In right. Infinity he can keep that same energy going, really. Um, and, and I think no matter what, James Gunn is going to have a big, like, advisor. He's already in turned movie, in the script. I'm, so he. He wrote he's, the final yeah, draft. That he's a, already turned in at, at least at least a couple of drafts. I don't he know said, if it's he the said final he said he turned it in. It's like they're get ready. They were getting ready to shoot later in the year, I believe. Hmm. So if so, if that is the final script, they're not going to change it. So it's still going to be his movie. He it just won't be his direction. Yeah, it's it's which which is actually more of a problem than you would think. Oh, because, uh, the 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 Belco experiment. Did yes. you watch that? He wrote it, but he didn't direct it because he was busy with Guardians. Right. And that also and, depends on the director you hand it off to. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. But at, at the same time, it's still an issue because if you have the same writer as the director, then they're going to have the same vision throughout. If you have that conflicting vision, it's going to cause a right. lot of problems. If you, if you hand it off to Taika, I, I'm not worried in any way. Yeah, they, no, I'm not either. I'll be interested to see. Marvel, I, Marvel has crushed the filmmaking. Like who they choose, they've crushed finding the right director. They they seem to pick yeah. right almost every time. So I and I I doubt they would have done this if they didn't already have at least an in mind of what route to try to go on. I also wouldn't be surprised if they came back to him at some point. Be like, listen, we overreacted. If you want it back, yeah. Years, um, there's a petition with over three hundred thousand signatures. It's in support of him. I was, I was just about to look that up. I was going to see how many signatures it had. Yeah, um, I think I, I think it's just a, a massive overreaction. Because then that guy Let's that see. guy claimed victory and basically started going after other people trying to get them fired. So Disney has set an incredibly dangerous precedent here, in my opinion. I think so too. Um, so over three hundred and eighteen thousand people wow. have signed. They're trying to get it to five hundred thousand. Wow. There's a, yeah, we'll see. All right, let's move on. Robert De Niro is going to do this Joaquin Phoenix standalone Joker movie that is apparently actually going to happen. Um, yeah, you have any it's opinions happening. on this? He's playing some sort of like talk show host. I don't know. He's just basically playing an invert. I saw someone tweet this, and it's also correct. He's basically just playing an inversion of his character from the King of Comedy. I, I have, like, it's cool to see De Niro do a movie like this, but yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be something really close to Jack Ryder in the Batman universe, which is a reporter. Right. So, um, yeah. Honestly, I'm not very as cool as it's going to be for Joaquin Phoenix to do that role. I could care less. Yeah, hopefully it's good though. I, I'll give it its fair shot, but again, I don't trust DC. Especially, I don't feel like they have the right director here in any way. Who's the director Todd on this Phillips, one? Who did The Hangover and War Dogs? I, I based on the tone, I feel like they're going for it. Doesn't seem to work at all. 
Yeah, no. But I will say that War Dogs was pretty and good. And this is going like to be Dogs. like a low, lower, like $50 million like character study type thing. It's not really going to be like a... This is going to be a low budget $50 million well, lower movie. budget for DC. <laughs> You know yeah, saying. no, no, I get it. I'm just, I think, yeah, so that no, I just type think of funny. movie, you normally would expect some oh. a, a higher budget. Like even Logan cost a hundred million bucks. Like honestly, be it's going to be uh, Batman: The Killing Joke, but the flashback, Red Hood, and like the mob, like underneath right. the mob or whatever. Right, That's but what stretched to like two, two and a half hours. Yeah, Oof. like I, I don't see what else they could be doing right now, and it just doesn't also, look good. As, I as of feel right like now. Joaquin Phoenix is too old to be like the Joker origin. That's a whole other thing, but yeah, honestly, I was expecting. I would love. I've loved the scene of Willem Dafoe. I I I would I would well as an older version. I I, I not as needed, an origin one. Right. I would have needed someone younger for this one though. If this is an yeah. origin movie, I can't imagine the Joker becoming the Joker at such a old age, like in his forties. That doesn't seem right. Like he should be like, based on the killing joke, he should be like 30 when that happens. Yes. Which Joaquin Phoenix can play 30, but he's like 45. So, yeah. We'll see. I guess I'll do a lot of makeup and prosthetics and stuff. All right. Next up, Eliza Scanlon, who is one of the breakouts on the current HBO series Sharp Objects, which I'm one episode behind right now, but it is excellent. Give it a watch if you haven't. The book is great. Yes, and, and this Amy Adams is next level good on this show. Give it a watch. Um, yeah, she is Eliza Scanlon is joining the cast of Greta Gerwig's Little Women, which is of course made into a movie. Feels like eight, every eight hundred years, but this is turning out to be a uh, well, not every eight hundred, like every five years, I should say. Um, but it seems like yeah. this one, this one has an insane amount of star power here from Greta Gerwig following up. Lady Bird with this as her next directorial and writing effort. Actually, no, I don't think she did a pass on the script and they're trying to get her to direct, which seems like it's done. But Eliza Scanlon joins a cast that includes Meryl Streep, Emma Stone, Shersha Ronan, and Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, good cast. I would say. <laughs> yeah. I, you could say you have, Meryl. Uh, Oscar winner, Oscar winner, Oscar winner, Oscar nominee. You could say Meryl Streep. And then anyone else, and I'd probably say it's still a good cast. You could say Meryl yeah. Streep and then Jonah, and it would still be a good cast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till he listens to Ouch. this episode. Oh, boy. Oh, he's uh, not going to listen to it. This is Jonah. We could say whatever we want about our, our dear, dear Jonah. Um, <laughs> shout out to Remy oh, for Jonah. pulling through the stroke, by the way. A true legend. Oh, heck oh, yeah. Speaking of strokes, I meant to do this at the top of the show, but while we're here, um, rest in peace, John Schnepp, who, who passed away of a stroke this past week right before Comic-Con, a, a true leader of the, the geek community um, and, and a, a great filmmaker and by all accounts, an amazing person as well. So, so rest in peace. Um, yeah. All right. Back, back to this story, though. Have, have you watched have you been watching Sharp Objects? No, not yet. Um, I'm trying to log back onto my HBO account for yeah. school so I can watch a whole bunch of stuff, including I Deadwood. think you will. Once the new semester starts, you should. And it should be wrapping up by the time the new semester starts. So, speaking speaking of Deadwood. That movie's happening. It's finally, finally happening. That's going to be an Greenland. HBO TV movie. So, we'll definitely get to that when it, when it airs. Um, I have so many shows to catch up yeah. on those nights. 
I do. I do too. Um. Oh, and speaking of also of shows, um, uh, Hulu now has a new Kevin Sting Stephen show. King, Kevin Castle Rock. <gasps> Stephen King. Yes, it is post, fantastic. Post I highly recommend you watch I, it. I'm gonna give it a look. I've been so busy lately. <laughs> I had yeah. to take twenty middle schoolers on the subway today. That was fun. Exactly. Gross. Um. But no, Eliza Scanlon is excellent on this show, too. She basically plays a character who kind of has one persona out in public and one persona and a completely other persona at home. And she plays both really well. She's an incredibly talented actress, um, up-and-comer. Yeah. She, she got the role. She went in and screen-tested with Emma Stone, which is what got her the role. So I just assume it's, it's going to work out there. I'm very excited about this with the the writer director, and, and that that cast is unbelievable. We already know that Greta Gerwig works well with Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet because they were both in Lady Bird. Yeah, and then it just throw Emma Stone and Streep over the top. We'll talk more about Meryl in a in a little bit, but once we get to the review section, oh boy, not, it's not her. Nothing no. bad for her. No, 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 no. Of course not. I just meant the movie as a uh, whole. Yeah, I, I have thoughts on Mamma Mia too. <laughs> I have takes, and we're gonna we're gonna do that with um, sort of light spoilers because there's a. First of all, the the big plot point with Street, by the way, is is incredibly obvious. So if you if you've seen any trailer, the whole movie's obvious if you've seen the trailer. So there's really no. So there's not really any way to spoil it. So, so yeah, we'll get to that later. But it's also Mama, Mama Mia three. My my, how can I resist you? I, I wouldn't hate it. Um, <laughs> I won't be surprised if it gets I made. Too. I would be just because I feel this one did well though. Like thirty five million opening weekend, second place finish. Equalizer like be yeah. about like a million and a half, but Mama Mia has been holding better during the week. All right. But this was also big week for, for Oscar contending season because Toronto and Venice announced their lineups. Toronto partially, Venice fully announced their lineups for their film festivals this year um, and have very clearly set up like what your front runners for this year are going to be. Have you gotten a chance to like look at the lineup, to look at the lineup yet? I have right. not. So there are uh, some movies that are in common. Um, First is man, it the Toronto Film Festival? Toronto and Venice. Okay, both yeah. of which have been big Oscar precursors recently. Um, but Damien Chazelle's yeah. First Man is playing both. I'm very excited for that Bradley one. Cooper's A Star is Born is playing both. Which I've been going yeah, to the... Honestly could care less I, about that I've one. I've been going to the movies a lot lately since I got A-list. I feel like AMC is putting that trailer before everything. Because I think AMC thinks this movie's going to make a ton of money. Yeah. And everything I've heard, because uh, they just had an exhibitor screening last week before getting the film festival announcement. Apparently, the movie's excellent. Excellent. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it because I, every time I see that trailer now, I think it grows on me more and more. And I really liked it in the first place. It's now got to the point where when Lady Gaga starts singing in that trailer, I get just a little chill just because of how amazing her singing voice is. She is a great singer. 
Uh, Alfonso Cuaron's Roma is headed to both festivals as well as New York, and it also seems like it's going to Telluride. So it's the only of the festivals movies movie that's going to all of them, I believe. Um, huh. That's being made for Netflix. Um, that's a black and white Spanish language film. So it also might be the movie to beat now, which would be interesting. Yeah, Netflix be- is really coming for Best Picture this year. Um, but some of them obviously are not playing at both. But you, you also have movies like Paul Dano's Wildlife. You have uh, Beautiful Boy. One of them that's playing at both is a Western, uh, sort of a Western comedy type thing called The Sisters Brothers. As, as in their last names, is, last name is Sisters, and it's got an insane cast. Uh, John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Riz Ahmed. Directed by Jacques, yeah. Jacques Audiard, which is awesome. Claire Denis mm-hmm. has a new film playing at Toronto, which is amazing. Amazing. Um, Paul Greengrass has a new film playing at Venice. And the big shocker, the biggest shocker of any of them, any of them to me at least, uh, Venice is going to play the Coen Brothers' The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which was initially a miniseries that was being developed for Netflix. But instead, it, has, it is now a movie. And it's going to be like an anthology movie. And it's going to be contending for Oscars this year for Netflix. It yeah. seems like Netflix has, has two like really solid contenders this year. Yes, and I they're agree. set up to have one next year with uh, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Yes. Which I thought, because Chris Tapley of Variety tweeted like, oh, there's a big surprise coming. And I thought it was I thought it was gonna be um the Irishman, and it turned out to be the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I only knew to be a TV show and thought it was treating as a TV show. Incorrect. Wildly incorrect yes. at that. Mm-hmm. I mean that a new Coen Brothers movie will always have some sort of uh always has some sort of uh, Oscar contention going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it seems like this is going to be a really uh, a really interesting Oscar season. I don't quite know what it's going to be. Um, the Coen brothers, there's a page up, by the way, for their movie on Netflix. It seems like it's going to be two hours and 12 minutes. So that's interesting. It really just also says that uh, shows how much um, can screwed up by not letting Netflix movies in this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like because it's yeah. not they won't play in French cinemas because France has this stupid rule like you can't stream anything until like three years after it plays in French cinemas. That's, That's really dumb. It's true. Everybody's seen it by then because they just torrent it. <laughs> right. So you can't stream it until three years after. And Netflix, of course, does the whole day and date thing. So they're like, yeah, no, we're, it's not how we're doing this. Uh, also playing at Venice, Luca Guadagnino's Suspiria, Yorgos Lanthimos' The Favorite. Uh, 
Orson Welles's The Other Side of the Wind, which Netflix put together something, and it's to finish the movie. Um, Orson Welles died, obviously, before they finished the movie, and Netflix found a way to do it. So that's yeah. amazing, obviously. Uh, Mike Lee has a movie playing there. I had no idea. Laszlo Nemes, I knew he was had a movie playing there. Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, The Nightingale is playing, directed by Jennifer Kent, who directed The, uh, the Babadook. But yeah, it seems like First Man, Roma, and The Star is Born is, is, are very clearly being set up as the big frontrunners. And I know A Star is Born is playing out of competition, but those seem to be the two, the two the, as, along with Roma, those seem to be the three main players. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Obviously, we have a long ways to go before Oscar night. Speaking of Oscars, do you want to talk about Bo Burnham's? Yeah, let's get into some reviews. Breakout. Um, we can talk about this movie more in a couple of weeks because it was just announced it's going to expand more this weekend and it's going August 3rd. nationwide August 3rd. So I won't see it till August 4th. <laughs> so let's talk about Bo Burnham's eighth grade. This movie is incredible, <laughs> it's amazing. Please don't spoil this one. This is the one where I will be like, don't I'm not spoil it because I want it. to have I'm, I'm perfectly staying away from spoilers. We're not going to do a spoiler because okay, so. most of the country hasn't gotten a chance to see it yet. But this movie yeah. is unbelievable. Uh, before we even get into the, the writing or anything, because it would be a very basic review, because there's really only a couple of things to actually talk about without spoiling it, because it's really, there are supporting characters, but there are only two like, characters, really. Your mm-hmm. your first one is, and your lead is a, a young eighth grade girl, Kayla Day, played by Elsie Fisher. And dear God, her performance in this movie is unbelievable. She is an absolute rock star in this movie. Um, layered, vulnerable, and, and portraying this this young girl as shy but confident at the same time and in different ways. It's a brilliant, beautiful performance and everything she does is, is, is unbelievable. This is, like, this is an Oscar nomination worthy performance to me and I know this is the third best actress campaign I've already jumped on this year so we're going to have a real problem come Oscar season. But... Mm-hmm. She is amazing. She makes the whole movie work. If she doesn't give that performance, the movie doesn't work. Uh, Bo yeah. Burnham's screenplay is, is excellent. Um, oh, I should mention the other character for, before we really get into the screenplay more. Uh, the other character is her father, played by Josh Hamilton, who is one of our more underrated character actors. Not the basketball, not, not basketball, baseball player. Yes, I, I figured. Um, one of our more <laughs> underrated characters. And he's great throughout the movie, but he delivers a monologue right at the end that is on par with Michael Stuhlbarg's in Call Me By Your Name. It is beautiful. It is heartbreaking. 
it is everything you want it to be uh, and a father reassuring his daughter. It is mm-hmm. unbelievable. That moment, it's an amazing gut punch. And if you're not feeling any emotion there, I don't know who you are as a person. Incredible stuff. The screenplay from Bo Burnham, like I said, is otherworldly good. Um, it's funny. It's heartwarming. It's heartbreaking. And it's cringe-inducing at the same time. Just like 8th grade is. That's the way I, I thought of this movie to myself. It captures eighth, the 8th eighth grade experience in a way that you would remember your 8th grade experience. I don't know if that's good or a bad thing. <laughs> um, there's one scene in particular that makes you want to like crawl into your seat and like just not look at the screen. One one scene. It's it's yeah. very difficult to get through, but it is it is so well done at the same time and well acted from Elsie Fisher. That is th- that scene alone. I think makes the movie worth it away. Yeah. So. And Bo Burnham directed this so well, too. The music, um, there's one character that has a specific theme, and you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about right away, that is hysterical every time it plays. Hello, it got last. I, it was a relatively packed crowd. I went on a Sunday at 4 o'clock. And even though it was raining, I wasn't expecting a big crowd, and the, the theater was pretty full. It was awesome, actually. When everyone was laughing and having a great time throughout the whole movie. Um, this mm-hmm. is one of the best movies of the year. This, uh, I gave, last week I gave Sorry to Bother You a 10, uh, not a 10, a 9. A- and 8th grade mm-hmm. probably is along those lines, like a 9.2 maybe. Um, maybe up to a 9.5. It's awesome. It, it, it's an Im- incredible movie one of the best I've seen all year. If it expands to your city this coming weekend, go see it. If it's coming out August 3rd, go see it. No matter when you get a chance to, go see this movie. I promise you it's worth it. I will be it seeing is good so good. <laughs> we could talk I'm about so it excited. in more detail after you see it, if you want. Yeah, But it is incredible. It's exactly how I remember 8th grade, at least. I, I know... I remember people who fit every single archetype that fit that they just showcase in this movie. Oh, I remember, and you're gonna probably you you'll you and I knowing many people. I know we went to different middle schools. You can probably figure out who's who, though. I'm dude. I'm sure you placed me as one of the characters. To be honest, a little bit, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I placed myself. It was not good. Um, Oh no, it's not great. So. Yeah, that's 8th grade. 9.5. I'm going to go with that a 10. Beautiful movie. Go see it. So I'm going to also, I'm going to throw a light spoiler mark here. Uh, if you really care about being spoiled for Mamma Mia 2, I'm going to, it's very light spoilers. Um, this movie, it takes a little bit to get going. And by a little bit, it probably takes about half the movie, which isn't great. Because, and it's at no fault of, of Lily James, who, as I've said, um, could, could do no wrong in my book in, in a multitude of ways. However, 
and it's not her fault again. They're, the actors that she's acting with when they go to the flashback scenes are not nearly on her level. And the actors that are supposed to be playing her lovers at that time, which it's basically a prequel that basically gets you to the, the, to the beginning of the first Mamma Mia in that, oh, she falls in love with three different guys. She has sex with three different guys. She has a kid. She doesn't know the father. Like, that's where the movie ends. That's where it ends up. It's, that's obvious from the mm-hmm. trailer. Yeah. Um, there's, and the the guys that play her three lovers just they're not up on her level and they don't have chemistry with her in the way that you would hope. Certainly not in the way that, um, even like the three older men who have a bigger role in the first one, but the. It, here, P- Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, and Stone Skarsgård. It's not romantic chemistry, but they have more chemistry in ways than these guys do with with Lily James, which again, if you can at least fake some sort of attraction for Lily James in a great way, that's, that's, that's on you. Um, <laughs> Dang. Hey, she's very attractive. It's a fact. <laughs> um, she's, yeah. she, and she's very talented. Uh, yes. Shot right up near the I, first of all, by the way, I got out of this movie about an hour and a half ago. So we're, just so we're clear, this is very fresh on the mind. Uh, she she is shooting right to the top of the uh, the celebrity crush rankings for me. By the way, very big time stuff. <laughs> I know, I, I, Mr. Emma Stone on the other line here too. Um, <coughs> what? What are you talking about? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Dominic. Do you know wow. You, do you have any anything for Emma Stone? Dominic, Dominic. All right, look, me too, okay? This is me not too. me too, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm kidding. This is just saying, hey, she's uh, very beautiful and very talented. She is. And she's very good in this movie. And yep. it's not her. This is by no, in no way her fault. Just everyone else. The movie picks up about halfway through. It really gets better. One, incredibly, once like Colin Firth and Stellan Skarsgård like, start to get into the movie. Um, once they make their first appearances, the movie gets so much better from that point. Like, it make, takes a turn. It gets so much more entertaining and fun. And then it, it, you, mm-hmm. it reaches its peak once Cher shows up. Um, and Cher, again, not a spoiler, because it's in the trailer, um, descending this, this staircase, singing Fernando, is just, that's the peak of this movie's fun. I had a blast watching that scene. Uh, with with her and Andy Garcia, Meryl Streep's role in this movie is very light, as you as is very obvious from the trailer. Um, she's dead when the movie starts. Again, if you've seen the trailer, <laughs> it gives away much of the movie. But um, she does come into play later, as as they always do. The end of the movie is a ton of fun. Uh, Christine Baranski is a true national treasure. We're being real here. She's a She's hilarious as always. Colin Firth, again, is having a blast here. Stellan Skarsgård. Pierce Brosnan is horrible at singing. Horrible. But it, are, you surpri- are you surprised by no way, this? In no way am I surprised by this. But he also only sings for like 30 seconds in this. Praise the Lord. He doesn't get the, the big like show-stopping number like Russell Crowe does in Les Mis. They're like, yeah, we know <laughs> you can't sing. We're just not going to make you sing. And I, my yeah. eardrums are very thankful for that. <laughs> Who who's better though, him or Russell Crowe? 
<laughs> Russell Crowe singing Stars is one of the most egregious movie moments of the last, like, decade. Because if, because then, like, a couple, I mean, I mean, you also have the entirety of the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. So. Yes, but that's we'll that it, far. because Stars is such an incredible number. Hearing Russell Crowe just absolutely butcher it is is so sad and depressing. It's oh, so man. bad. And again, the way it's shot, too. Just awful. Man, I, I, as much as I like that Les Mis movie initially, maybe, maybe I'm just becoming a Les Mis hater. This would be a stunning turn of events. Yeah, it sounds yeah. miserable. Um, Mamma Mia 2, however, it does, like I said, it takes a while to get going. Lily James is phenomenal. Um, and the present day events also take a bit to get going, but one, about an hour in, it really kicks into gear. And, and again, Cher mm-hmm. puts everything over the top. Uh, moment of the movie, I, I won't spoil it because I got a good laugh. I, I don't want to. Uh, Christine Bransky, a national treasure, as always. Uh, I'll give I'll give yeah. Mamma Mia two like a six out of ten. It's nothing spectacular, but the second half is so much fun. I just wish the first half weren't so much slower. And again, uh, that's just the casting of the younger of the younger men because they they found the right secondary. They found the right lead in Lily James. She's terrific, and she sounds great singing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I know it sounds like there's nothing I can do but praise Lily James, but there's nothing she did poorly in this movie. All right. Yeah. So if you liked her in Baby Driver and liked her singing yes. in Baby Driver, you, yes. you're going to get a lot more of that. And some great fits. She, she's, she pulls off some great fits in this movie. <laughs> get those fits off. Yeah, um, yeah. This was a a slow week considering it was com. I'm used to Comic Con being such a giant news dump, and we got like, and because well, Marvel didn't, Marvel because didn't Marvel didn't anything. go, we got like nothing. It felt like a really slow week. Um, normally, this a sort of Comic Con episode like this would be would be longer, but uh, we're gonna close the show. Our big uh, our end song. Our show ending song is going to be Fernando from Mamma Mia 2 because Cher does, in fact, crush that number. It's a ton of fun to watch. Um, that Her just chewing up the scenery doing that song is, is excellent on every possible level. Uh, next week. Oh, there's one trailer uh, that we missed. <laughs> Slenderman. Which one? Slender. I could the care Slender movie. less. <laughs> could not possibly <laughs> care less about a movie. Did, uh, I'm actually going to watch it when we get off. Didn't Sony it sell it? Like they got, like they, like they had the rights, and they're like, eh, no, this movie stinks. We, we're not putting this out. I, I don't know. That's the first sign, because that's what happened with Gotti as well, and we all know how that turned out. Gotti, the the John Travolta one, where they were like, yeah, critics hated it. But audiences loved it oh, yeah. because they had people go oh, on yeah. and create Rotten Tomatoes accounts to leave positive audience reviews to try to convince people to see it. It wasn't mm-hmm. bots leaving positive reviews. They literally just had like people create account after account after account and leave positive reviews of this garbage movie. 
turning it into a smear yeah. campaign against film critics as to why their movie wasn't doing well, aside from the fact that there was absolutely no marketing at all whatsoever and that the movie sucked. Had nothing to do with that at all. No, it was the critics. Slenderman was the Sony started development on it in 2016. Right. But they like they and, were on it when they, that first trailer dropped earlier in the year. Yeah. So like they drop. I remember, and it's being released by Screen Gems. Screen Gems is handling distribution. Jesus yes. Christ! I can't remember the last time they handled distribution on anything. Let me check. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Hang on. When's that movie coming out? By the way, yeah, it's a release. Like August tenth. August tenth. The movie's coming. Mm-hmm. August coming 10th. out in two weeks, and we're just now yes. getting another trailer out. Jesus yep. Christ. Sony and Screen Gems. Still has Sony here, which is not at all how that was supposed to go. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually not good. Um, next week, Mission Impossible, Fallout. At least I'm seeing it. Right. We'll see what I'm doing. I'm packing for college. Yeah, that's right. You've only got a. I miss you by like two days, don't I? Yeah, you do. Terrible. I leave on the. I, I leave on the. Come 8th. back on the ninth. Oh, that stinks. Yep. I have to move in on the ninth, and that's the first day of band camp. So, so. that's terrible. Yeah. Yep. How sad. Oh well. Um. Yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout. If you get a chance to see it, whatever. I'm seeing it, so we'll review it next week. Big time. Cool. It's actually good action movie. We're not going to be talking about The Rock versus a tall building. <laughs> An actually bad action movie. Or uh, Hotel Transylvania 3, where the entire final battle was... Yes, I'm pretty excited to review an actually good like summer blockbuster. It's been a couple of... It's, I think it's, it's been since like Incredibles 2. It's been since... it's Yeah, it, that was the last like good movie to come like, out. Like, big one. Because, again, I think Mamma Mia 2 is, is good. I gave it a 6. Yeah. Like, it's, it's good. It's not great, but it's good. One one full point there, just for Lily James, but uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Baby Driver, I got my dad to watch That's that terrific. movie today. Yeah, I he love loved it. it. So much. You want to talk about entertaining? That's pretty good. If, if you want to talk about entertaining, just watch anything directed by Edgar Wright. There you go. So Fallout, we're going to see Mission Bob Plot, and... Because I'm still in a big city that has limited releases. I feel so sorry for the rest of you right now. Um, Blind Spotting. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. We're gonna, I'm going to try to review it next week. Um, that's David Diggs' movie that he co wrote and is starring in. That was a Sundance hit. Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. It's true. I love mm-hmm. David Diggs. Shout out to Hamilton. Uh, now, oh, that's what we forgot to talk about. That's a big news story. I'm glad we I remembered. So Hamilton's coming to movie theaters. It's looking like at some point soon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it is. Um, uh, next year and sometime twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. So yeah, something like that. Studios are starting to bid on Hamilton, but not the rights to adapt the movie, but a recording of the original Broadway cast performing the show on Broadway. Uh, Fox. 
So it's an actual, an actual like Broadway recording, like Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel, Leslie Odom Jr., like the original cast. Yeah. Um, from like they filmed it like a couple of performances before Lin Manuel's last, like his last, like two of his last three performances, I believe. Jonathan Groff came nice. back for a couple of days to do to play King George because he was out. He came back for two for two performances to do do the filming. Um. But so Fox, Warner Brothers, and Netflix are bidding on this. They're among the bidders, at least. And bidding is apparently reached fifty million dollars for what for, for the, the Hamilton for this recording. Yes, fifty yeah. million dollars for distribution rights. Jeez. Um, I feel. You know, I wish I was Disney, where I could just have fifty million dollars. Just not- right at that right at that price. I feel like it'd be most beneficial for Netflix. And yeah, I agree. And I feel like they'd get the larger audience, right. too. Could you imagine if Hamilton were just available on Netflix? It's going to be like uh, the Cloverfield Paradox. Hey, we're dropping this on the day of the Super Bowl. Have fun. Nah, forget about that. I'd be watching Hamilton about every two days. I, yeah. I would have no problem with that. It would never get old. Never. I'd watch it like three times in a day. What are we That's Nine hours of my day right there. If I'm in on a Saturday, boom, right there. Snow day, boom, let's watch Hamilton. <laughs> Studying for class, boom. What a, yeah. So this is 2020 or 2021. Um, the sellers are, are requesting that to have at least two more years of it being a theater-only experience, which I get. It's good. Yeah. Um, it's, under, it's certainly understandable from the, the standpoint of Lin-Manuel and everyone else. Uh, and congrats to them, too. They also just got a Kennedy Center honor for, for Hamilton. Like, Lin-Manuel and Tommy Kale and Andy Blankenbuehler and Alex Lacamoire as, like, a special honor for great art. Along with Cher, who, again, just absolutely... So, so Mama Mia, too, comes back around. Wow. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that, so that's, that's, that was another story that really struck me, that studios are like, no, we don't even want to adapt this. We're, we just want what you actually have. Like, we will give you, like, big money to distribute the actual show with the original Broadway cast. That would be, I'd mm-hmm. also be interested to see what that would do to, like, the actual, like, ticket sales, like, because that's like that would be an unprecedented move. Because usually when stuff like that happens, it's like as a show is closing, or it's like, yeah, to have such a massive show just potentially be available on Netflix for everyone to see with the original cast for all time. I'd be interested to see what that would do to sales for the actual show. Whether it would even make it go up, that's possible too. Yeah. They have to think about that too. So, so I mean, I, 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 honestly, I want Netflix to win it, and I feel like they actually have a really good shot right. to win it. Could you like, like, and if Warner Brothers and Fox get or Fox get it, it's getting a legitimate theatrical run in theaters. Like, this is not going to be like a special like Fathom event thing. Like, this is this would be something no, that would be like, take a, like a slot on Warner Brothers or Fox's release schedule for the year. If it was Fox, then it would technically right. be Disney. So. Who are both, yeah. and Warner Brothers and Disney are both in business with Lin-Manuel. Um, Disney, obviously, from yeah. Moana, and 
Mary Poppins. Warner Brothers is making Lin-Manuel's first musical in the Heights into a movie right now. They bought the rights off of, well, they got the rights out of the Weinstein company right as they went under after the whole Harvey thing. They were smart. They got the rights oh, right out of there. And Warner Brothers paid like $50 million for that. It's nuts to me that Warner Brothers paid $50 million for the rights to make a movie and is pay- willing to pay the same amount to just take this recording and put it in theaters. That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah. Oh, you know what I just realized? I have the same birthday as Harvey Weinstein. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. It's all right. My, brother was, my brother's birthday is the day the Titanic sank. So that's fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I was saying, at before we got sidetracked, next week, Mission Impossible, hopefully blind spotting, and maybe, just maybe, maybe, it might also get pushed back to the next week, it depends on schedules and whatnot, maybe Teen Titans go to the movies, which is drawing stunningly positive reviews right now. Great things, and I... How? It's like 90-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's like, I, I, I've heard it been compared to the Deadpool of, it's like, it's like a Deadpool for movie. For kids. Yeah, it's Deadpool for kids, but with fart jokes. Which, I mean, Deadpool had fart jokes. So. Yeah, it's at 88% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. I see 95. Are you maybe looking at an old version? Because I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and I have 80. Probably. Only 41 reviews, which is weird for a wide-release movie at this point. But I also think most most outlets were covering Mission Impossible more this week, which is rocking a, a 98%. Which is nuts. Okay, yeah, I just, I, I just re- I refreshed it and it's back at 88. Yeah, that's nuts to me. But with how bad the actual cartoon is, like, I don't, I don't understand. Because there was one episode of the cartoon that I liked, and it was the one where they made fun of themselves. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I think you've yes. seen it. So like that's And Mission Impossible, like I said, 98%. We're, 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 yeah, that's, we're that's pretty bordering great. on like Fury Road here. Which is awesome. Because Fury Road might be my favorite uh, re- movie of the decade. Uh, speaking of Fury Road, I think Australia just named it, like, the best movie of Australia of all time. Right, yeah, because George Miller. It's, I mean, come on. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be next week's show. Uh, TJ, you want to plug your, once again, plug your new Twitter handle? (laughs) I am on Twitter at real TJ Blank. Wow. It's like one of them. at the TJ Blank, at real TJ Blank. Nope. Yeah. I am still... <laughs> so I'm I I'm salty I am about still, this. Still at at Dom Ferrara five. On are you trying Twitter to throw shade at me? Maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw shade at WVU. Hey WVU, stop reporting yeah, me, please. Trash. State fans would do the same thing. So yeah. state fans. All right. From all of us here at Films of Ferrara, <laughs> tune in next week. Once again, we'll have Mission Impossible next week. We'll have Blind Spotting. We may or may not have Teen Titans. I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm the only one I'm like 100 percent certain on is Mission Impossible, and I'm pretty certain I'll get to Blind Spotting this week. Because you're the biggest Mission Impossible fan. I love. I mean, they get better and better every time. I don't understand how they do it, but it, it happens. All right. From all of us here at Films of Ferrara, we'll see you next week, and enjoy the movies. <laughs>